Hello, and welcome to the You Theory Podcast. I am your host, Mahalia, and on this show, we tap into you. Yes, the theory of you through the methods of discussion, reflection, and transformation. That means that we don't tiptoe, we deep dive. And if you want to kick it on this side, just know we leave nothing behind, okay? (laughs) Without further ado, here is You Theory. Hello and welcome back to You Theory. I'm your host, Mahalia. And (laughs) we made it through episode one. (laughs) Y'all. The first thing of anything will teach you a whole lot of lessons. And each time you do it again, you'll improve. So the first episode um, taught me that I do not like listening to 36 minutes of anything before I have to edit it and post it. So we're going to try to keep this, this little episode right here <laughs> under 20 minutes or up to 20 minutes. Because I guess I can, I can deal with that. And I'm just I'm just really thinking about how the other person who listened to this podcast felt listening to all 36 minutes. Um, And yes, I said the other person, which means one play. No shade to the people who said they was going to listen. But anyways, (laughs) we are here with episode number two, and I decided to make it a story time. Yay, everybody loves a good story time because you get to hear how someone else fucked up in a way that you haven't or maybe have and haven't told anybody so yeah we're gonna get into that so before I get into the story I want to talk about the title of this episode you probably think that um I skipped English class every day of my academic career but learn you a lesson if you have been around older black people You should know what that means. And if you have never heard it before, trust me. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. So let me break it down for you guys. For the people who may not know what it means. It's basically, um, well, it's basically saying to learn a lesson. And the freedictionary.com describes to learn a lesson as to learn through painful experience not to do something. Often something one had been warned about or knew might be risky that's what that's exactly what i'm gonna learn you a lesson if your grandma or your grandpa or your great uncle whoever whatever wherever you heard it growing up black wherever you heard it that's what they meant and then oftentimes once we know that meaning we don't listen Mm-mm. Mm-mm. because they're older they had their experience and this is the newer experience and maybe something about the experience change. But when they also say that there's nothing new under the sun, they mean that too. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about an experience in which I for sure found out the hard way. And my daddy knew exactly what he was talking about. Okay, so let's take it all the way back to 2014. 2014 oh this is a little bit too loud for me hold on y'all I'm still learning how to use this mic okay so 2014 I was the ripe age of believing that I knew every single thing 
um, I was 17. Yeah, because this happened in the summertime. So I was 17 going on 18. <laughs> uh, man, I, I had my first job already. Um, I was what almost done with high school. I was just like, I know what I'm doing. I'm making money. I'm bringing, I'm bringing bread to the house. Like, and I was only making two thirteen an hour because I was a waitress. But you know, I had a big head. But um, yeah. So one day, I'm working at this fine dining establishment known as Denny's. Mm-mm-mm. Denny's. I have plenty of stories to share about that place. But um, yeah, one day I'm working there and one of my co-workers who I thought was much older than me, but I just thought she was like youthful at heart. But now that I reflect on it, she was probably just like 2021 20, or 22. <laughs> but anyways, um, we got close during our shifts and I kind of looked at her like she was a big sister. She gave me some advice and yeah, I was always clinging to somebody to tell me the right way and I, I trusted her or whatever, but she was still cool, whatever. And so she told me one day at work that there was this concert coming up and the concert was known as, um, it was a Caribbean festival. Um, I forgot. It started with a J, but it happened every summer. And yeah, I forgot the name of it. But yeah, it was a Caribbean festival. So she told me about it. I was like, oh my gosh, a Caribbean festival. And she was like, they're going to be throwing paint on you. It's going to be so colorful. It's going to be a whole bunch of dancing. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm about to have some fun. I'm about to have some fun. Because even though I had um a job and stuff and I did do some risky teenager things like I wanted to do more risky things I wanted to top it so I go home and I ask my dad hey there's this concert coming up and I want to go and I explained to him um what the concert was going to be about and yeah explained the person who I was going to going with and you know just basically gave him the rundown he told me absolutely not <laughs> he told me no and I was like I am not going back to work to tell this person that my dad said no mm -mm, mm -mm. because I was just so hype on the idea of the festival because I never been to one that I was gonna find a way to go mm -hmm. so I decided to disobey my my guardian my parent and I went back to work and I told her that I can go if I spend the night with you. And she said, yeah, girl, you can spend the night with me. So after work, um, I went and told my dad that I was going to spend a night at a friend's at a friend's house. And she was the friend. <laughs> so um, the concert just cost cost it twenty dollars. That's probably like a day's worth the tips so I made that $20 and after work that next time we worked together I went over her house for a sleepover now um I did give my dad like the address and she spoke to my dad and all that stuff and he knew exactly like where I would be staying in the numbers and stuff like that but he just didn't know that we were going to the concert and so um even as I'm like sharing this story, I'm just like, oh my gosh, so, so disrespectful, 
so disrespectful of the person who put a roof over your head and food in your stomach um but i i learned my lesson i definitely got that instacart instant karma <laughs> bit me an ass but um yeah so <sighs> i get to her house and it's other girls over there well women <laughs> and they're also getting ready and you know applying on makeup i wasn't raised by um, women so i didn't really have experience with going through the lip gloss phase um the light powder phase or light light foundation phase um i didn't have that experience so i really didn't know how to really wear makeup so they were putting on full faces and so i needed help <laughs> and um I felt so, I don't know, I just felt so involved and so welcome and so a part of the crew when one of the ladies started, girls, let me stop saying ladies, when one of the girls, older girls started doing my makeup. And I was like, oh, I bet I know I'm gonna look cute. Like they was doing my makeup and stuff like that. I looked in the mirror and I can't even describe how my eyebrows looked, but I guess, yeah, I can. They look like um, windshield wipers. You know, know how those look? I'm pretty sure you guys do if you um, have been in a car or any type of vehicle. But um, yeah, that's what they looked like. Um, but they didn't move. Even when I like move my my actual eyebrow muscles, they just was there. Um, but I convinced myself that I was cute and I wasn't. Um, and so for this particular concert, you have to you had to have uh, you have to dress a certain way so um i had on um some very 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 short shorts and probably like a tank top because that's what everybody else was wearing so that's what i was wearing too because they were like you're gonna get paint all over you wear some shoes that you don't care about um because you pretty much probably gonna throw away these um clothes anyways so i was like okay so here i am with my windshield wiper eyebrows and um dressed as if i'm prepared for cheerleading practice and um by that time i was wearing weave so uh, my weave wasn't like slayed because this was when this was in 2014 this is before laces and all of that stuff so um yeah i was looking pretty pretty ridiculous but i thought i was cute i convinced myself that i was cute because i was looking like them i wanted to be like them <laughs> silly silly child so i'm calling and checking in with my dad and letting him know that um, i'm safe i'm good and stuff like that and so the time comes for us to leave so as i'm sitting there in my ridiculous attire with my ever so stiff eyebrows i am noticing that the time is passing by and i'm just like okay maybe maybe they just need a few more minutes but no they needed a couple of more hours and this is a festival that started during the daytime when the sun was out and it was pitch black outside so i'm like okay um i didn't know that once i didn't know that um you can arrive to late events an hour to two hours late um and that was the same thing when i started like clubbing um i used to always go like during the free times and I didn't know that you could have waited till 10 or 11 to go when it was really popping. I learned that, but um, yeah, this was one of those cases. 
And so when we finally did leave, when we finally did leave, it was super late, but um, the girls reassured me that the event would still be going on, and indeed it was. In fact, it didn't get crunk until we got there. Um, but yeah, so we're driving, we're driving, and we finally get to the event, and there's cars everywhere. There's no designated, well, if it was a designated parking lot, that was packed. So we're driving, and she asked somebody that's walking down the street, do you know where we can park? And they say, yeah, you could just keep going um, back there, back there, wherever back there was, and there's going to be a field, and you can park there. And so we parked in the field. And as soon as we opened the doors and stepped out, everything, everything really got popping. And my lesson began right then and there. But it is time for an art break. Um, you might be wondering, what the heck is an art break? Um, an art break is kind of like a commercial break, except I am not getting paid. But it's okay, I'm getting paid in vibes. And um, it's when I showcase some art. Um, most likely it's going to be music and poetry because I can't really show you a painting or let you listen to a painting. It will be, it'll be like me just describing what's on the painting and that doesn't do a painting justice. But so yeah, poetry and music. And so in my first episode, I had, um, musical guest Dende. I played two of his songs, um, and I made some adjustments, meaning that I'm only going to play one song moving forward because I want to try to keep my podcast under 20 minutes. This one doesn't look like it might be under 20 minutes. It might be like 25, but I still want to, you know, put into practice the structure um, that I want of this show. So this week we have coming to the podcast, the stage, your ears. <laughs> um, we have the wonderful, gifted, talented spectacular Amaru also um, known as the musical nomad of the Houston based collective the everlasting vibes y'all I saw them in person person twice once um at Axelrad and the other time at the Miller Out Outdoor Theater <sighs> yes it's, it's, it's very much an experience and if you guys have ever seen them in person, then you are blessed, okay? But we are about to play a song um, by Maru um, titled, My Time. And I really like this song. My favorite line in this song is, I'm too strong for this shit. <laughs> uh, because life is really kicking my butt right now. But I gotta remind myself that I am too strong for this shit, bruh. <laughs> But here we go. Check it out. Let me know if you like it. Here we go. My time. Every time I hit the ground running, scheming and leading, I know, I know my time coming. In actuality, we live in duality. So what you think is what you be. Break free from the chains and all your worries will cease. Speak peace and walk light in faith, not by sight. No wrong from the right and bask in your glory. Write your own story. 
Haters try to block your shot, hit the Robert Ory. Haters try to block my shot, I hit the Robert Ory. I don't give a damn, man, I just keep scoring. Jackals all around me, I just keep focused. And one thing I know for sure, this is your time to go and get your shot. the vibe of that song didn't y'all mm-hmm. I knew you would it's very positive and uplifting and it can pick you up if you're feeling low so if you ever find yourself in a little slump turn on that song and listen to my favorite part that says I'm too strong for this ish <laughs> okay so let's get back to this terrible trifling traumatizing story that I was telling before I went on break so as soon as I stepped out the vehicle my foot hit mud aka feces aka poop um but yeah it was no poop or feces from what I could tell but it just felt like I was stepping in shit um but anyways so we had to park far away from the event so we had to trek through this mud aka poop to get to the event now we can hear the music from where we are but it's just very faint but as we're trekking through this through this um nasty nasty texture of grossness as we're trekking through it the music gets louder so you get more encouraged to keep going and so when we finally get to the event um i noticed that okay so there's a festival part this is when i learned what a festival was in person so there's a festival part and then there was the tent area where everybody was in there just dancing and so um when we get to the gate and we pay our twenty dollars um big money big money when we pay our twenty dollars we get um inside of the gates that's where the festival's going on and my eyes are just all big and i'm just like looking at everything like oh my gosh look at all the colors look at all the people just walking around just dancing and stuff um and just having a good time and this was before i um consumed 
anything. Um, so I'm just like, dang, they really just vibing out here. <laughs> they was on who knows what. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just like, wow, I'm a part of the it crowd. And so um, as we're passing all of that, we get to the tent where all the dancing is happening and I'm just like oh my gosh oh my gosh and so as soon as we get closer we're getting closer we're getting closer to the one entrance and the one exit keep that in mind like my shoulders they start to bounce they start to move they start to uh, get jiggy with it okay that was lame but anyways as I'm getting closer I'm just like yeah loosening up like okay this was worth it we was right on time they knew what they were talking about as soon as my right foot crossed, crossed, <laughs> crossed the threshold of the entrance, I hear bang, 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 bang. And I'm just like, ain't this some ish? I couldn't even breathe two times before I saw a sea of people, bodies, individuals, humans running my way and mind you i am in the entrance so people are leaving this entrance slash exit at full speed and i see all the people just running my way and i'm just like yeah i'm i'm small i can't i can't um escape this and i'm about to get trampled on and that will be the end of me and my dad is going to be so heartbroken but i deserve it because i disobeyed him all of these things are going in my going on in my head and at very fast speed um, just as fast as the people are coming my way. And then, y'all, I didn't get too much time to stay in that thought process before this huge figure with, um, I don't remember how he looked, but like in his face, I never really got a good look of his face, but he pulled me and he was big. He pulled me and he pretty much shoved me in the corner with two other people. And he barricaded us in there while the crowd was running. Now, where we were, it was like um, you could still see through where we were. So I was seeing with my own eyes, dudes and their girls running. Right. It was either the girl um being you know dragged by the boyfriend or the boot thing through the crowd or the dude literally running and the girl like babe wait babe wait i literally saw a girl fall behind the dude that she was with and he keep running so i was like mm, that's some trifling mm -mm. some trifling stuff and i'm like looking at this as if i'm watching it on tv but i'm very much a part of it in action in in the flesh and so as everybody's just running through people trampling over people male and female people cursing it's pretty much like they look like animals they didn't look like they weren't behaving like people but it just looked like a, a herd of buffaloes so um as the stampede was going on i i don't take time to really like look at the people that i'm in the pit with or the guy that's actually barricading us in but before I knew it, once all those people, I mean, Buffalo, I mean, individuals ran through, I um, didn't see the guy anymore. And I didn't see the individuals that I was in the pit with. That It was like, it was weird. It was as if they vanished as they dis. it was as if they disappeared. And I, for, for a moment, 
And actually, even to this day, I believe that they were angels <laughs> um, because you had to pass by me to get out of the pit because I was on the I was on the outside inside the pit, if that makes sense. Like I was the person that was going to exit first, not them. And I didn't see them. I don't know. I was probably just in shock and they were probably real people. But until until I die, I'm going to say they were angels. So anyways, um, I leave the pit and I go up these bleachers um, and I really just get a look of everything of the whole tent. And I'm just like, really like, dang, this was actually very much makeshift and just trifling and and just like not really put together well. And as I'm looking and observing, I look to the middle of the of where people were dancing and I see a person laying down, obviously shot. And I'm just staring and I'm just like, whoa, I have never seen someone shot before. And I was I felt helpless because I couldn't go and offer aid because I didn't know to I didn't know how to at that time. So this was way before nursing school. So I would just be over there (laughs) putting my the back of my hand on somebody's forehead. Like, do you have a fever if I was to help? Um, but yeah, so I just stayed in the bleachers and then this is when a security guard or police officer, I don't know what he was, but he was in uniform and he said, ma'am, you need to leave the building right now. Building. First of all, this is a tent. I said that in my mind. Um, but out loud, I did say, I'm not leaving nowhere until I know it's safe. Ain't that hypocritical? I should never been there in the first place. Safe was at home in my bed preparing for the next day. That's where safety was. But here I am demanding safety. (laughs) So um, I don't know where the lady is that I went to the event with. And my phone was my phone was dying. And when I was calling her phone, I don't I think it was dead. Pretty much communication was like was not possible and so eventually I did walk down the bleachers and I left the exit and as soon as I walked out the exit she was there and she said what happened I tried to I tried to grab you as I was running like away from the um the entrance or whatever I said I I could like I got pulled back in and I got shoved into this little pit or whatever I was pretty much explaining what what I what what I experienced on the inside and she was on the outside running and so um yeah, so eventually, I don't know where the other two girls were. I think we caught up to them later, but we um, had to go back through all of that mud back to the vehicle. And this way that we went, we had to actually climb un- through a hole in the fence. It was very weird because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of traffic and there was a lot of people everywhere. So we couldn't go the, the normal way that we had. Well, the first way that we had came in. And so... Um, yeah, so we get back to the car and we're driving down the street and there's just people everywhere. And so um, we see a person walking down the street limping. They had been shot. So at this time, I'm like, okay, multiple people have been shot. I don't know how he got all the way from the tent to the street, um, but he was asking people for a ride and stuff like that. And nobody really wanted to give him a ride. And I was just, I remember thinking, I was like, damn, that's really sad, bro. Like, he can literally like bleed out and nobody's helping him. Um, but yeah, so 
the the girl that was driving she sped home we got home we talked about it a little bit but honestly i just wanted to go to sleep and just get home so when i finally did get home my dad the first see every time my dad tells me not to do something and the news has like proof of proof that he was right he that's like it's like the first thing he says when he sees me so when he sees me, I think he says, I think he says, hey, but maybe he didn't even say, hey, <laughs> maybe he didn't even say, hey, but he said, um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, that concert that you was trying to go to? And I said, yeah. And he was like, well, some people got shot there and uh they had a whole stampede there see that's why i tell you that's what i'll be telling you when you don't need to be going to things like that see i saved your life i could you could have got out there and got shot and killed and i wouldn't have never known about it and in my head i'm like dad you have no idea i was there in the flesh i could have did the news report right then and there i could tell you more about it in my head i said that all in my head but I was just so grateful to be back home and back in my in my dad's safety. Um, I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed that I didn't speak about the event. I didn't tell my dad about the event until um, two years later when I was 20. Um, I needed to get further and further away from the event so that my dad couldn't murder me. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so that my dad can talk my head off about I told you so. <laughs> but yeah, so he still said I told you so. But it wasn't as long of a conversation as it would have been if I told him when I was 17, which I still should have told him anyway. And I said 2 years later. Well, I guess I was turning 18. So yeah, my math is correct. Don't 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 come for me for that. But yeah, so basically the lesson of that is listen to your elders. Our parents have done some really stupid things in their teenage years that they thought that they would get away with and it bit them in the ass. And they're just trying to um, save us for having bite marks on our asses. And we oftentimes have to feel the bite for ourselves to really see that they they mean the best. And huge thank you to Amaru, the musical nomad for being my musical guest today you guys can check him out on soundcloud youtube and apple music you can also follow him on instagram at a m a r u t m n um also follow his crew the everlasting vibes um the collective at the everlasting vibes that sounds so I don't know. That sounds so sophisticated. I feel fancy when I say that. But yeah, check out their Instagram as well. And Vibes has a Z, not a S, a Z. Um, but yeah, so the Everlasting Vibes has a concert coming up on February the 26th during Black History Month. And there's going to be more info about that on their Instagram. So stay tuned for that. And then also stay tuned for new music and plenty more performances this year thank you guys for tuning in to you theory this has been an amazing amazing episode and i know i went over 20 minutes but who really gonna check me bye